I'm coming to your cities. I recently did an event in New York. It was awesome. I loved bringing real couples up on stage. We had no idea what was going to happen. The crowd loved it. I was sharing real numbers. It was a blast. And I want to do it again. I'm looking to coach couples on stage at my next two live events, one in Philly on June 1st, one in Boston on June 4th. If you and your partner want help connecting over money, you want to solve a big financial challenge you have, please apply at iwt.com slash live coaching. If you and your partner struggle to come up with a shared vision of your rich life, if you have different priorities about spending and saving, if you just can't get on the same page financially, I would love to coach you live on stage in your city. It is free of charge. You can apply at iwt.com slash live coaching. I'll see you in Boston and Philly. Recently, I had an event in New York City. I had hundreds of people come and I brought actual real couples up on stage and did a mini podcast right there in front of everyone. It was awesome. And I'm very pleased to announce that I'm doing two more events. I want to let you know about it before anyone else knows. June 1st, I'm going to be in Philadelphia. June 4th in Boston. If you want tickets, you can get them at iwt.com slash philly and iwt.com slash boston. Between now and May 3rd, you can use the pre-sale code RICHLIFE to get tickets. Again, June 1st, I'll see you in Philly and June 4th in Boston, iwt.com slash philly and iwt.com slash boston. I do wish my parents helped more, 100%. But they're very old school. They believe the husband should be making money, the husband should be providing and everything. It becomes a big fight, and we try to make up at the end of the night, but it adds up. We're living month to month, and I didn't think it was going to be like that before we got married. If you want me to provide, we got to downgrade. I can't keep providing a, a lifestyle that we can't afford. Meet Jessica and Nathaniel. Jessica grew up rich, but now she and Nathaniel are struggling to make ends meet. It's like we have two kids. I'm, I'm a husband. I have a dog. I'm doing everything to like just stay afloat. Like I just want to be able to meet. Like I just want, like every month, just to be able to pay the rent, to pay the food, to pay the the schools. Sorry, it's so I'm scared to look at my bank account because it's like it's diminishing every day. I keep telling her that I didn't move to New York to be a taxi. I was told, be a taxi if you have to. Do whatever it takes. Work in a bakery after work. Go to another job and do your night job and do whatever it takes to provide for the family. But I work hard. I know I work hard. I have a limit to what I'm going to do. People think in Montreal, where I came from, they think I, I married into big money and now I have it good. I'm set up for life. But it's really not like that at all. How are you feeling, honey? I know it's hard. We can work it out together. We We can give it a chance. We can make things work out. Jessica and Nathaniel have been married for five years. And Jessica has a simple request. Her husband, Nathaniel, runs his own business. And even though he's been struggling... She wants him to contribute to their joint expenses, even if it's just a hundred bucks a month. Now, do you think that's the real issue here? As you listen to the two of them, listen to the resentment, listen to their communication styles, listen to the constant spinning and repeating. There are clues upon clues here. When I first got married, I, I never thought about finances. I'm not going to say that I was spoiled. It's not like I went out and I bought Chanel bags or whatever, but I did have a nice life. When I got married, the first two years was like, okay, whatever, because we had wedding money. And then the first year, Nathaniel couldn't work because he's from Montreal. So I didn't think anything. I found myself in a position where I'm lying to my parents that I'm not paying for anything. Because my family's very old school. I don't mind like helping, but to help everything, to pay for a lot of things. And like, it definitely puts a strain on us because my savings are running out. And we have two kids now. I do have more anxiety now because to do all these things. And so it's 
very frustrating to me. And then my parents asked me, like, oh, well, how's Nathaniel doing? How's he doing at his job? And I kind of have to be like, yeah, look, he's doing good. Look, he's paying for everything, whatever. But it's hard. It's hard. That was hard to follow. <laughs> when I'm talking to people in financial trouble, they rarely come to me with a logical numbered list of their issues and their proposed solutions. It's more often a long list of problems followed by negative feelings, all interlaced with grievances. Remember this, people with financial problems love to talk about their problems. My job is to see if they're ready to talk about solutions. Nathaniel, by the way, mirrors this communication style. I'm a lighting consultant. In the last couple of years, there's been millions of people like me that joined the industry thinking they're going to get rich off LED, the new hot thing. So it took me time to realize that the market in New York was so saturated. I, I felt I'm going to move to New York. It's going to be easier with work. It's a bigger city, but it was the opposite. And in the last year, I decided to, to explore manufacturing and the money that I make, I'm investing in this business. When I come home and it's the end of the month and we need to pay rent and I, I get frustrated that the, her family, they help but with each help, there's a punch. It's not the best type of help. So that's really where we fight the most. That's maybe the only reason we fight. So I, I get upset at Jess that I don't understand why. And then I start getting upset at her parents. And then we, we and then it becomes a big fight. And we try to make up at the end of the night. But it, but it adds up. We we're living month to month. And I didn't think it was going to be like that before we got married. And on top of that, I never worked as hard as I did uh, in the last five years. Can I just add something to that? Of course. Yeah, I do wish my parents helped more, 100%. But like I said, like they're very old school. They believe the husband should be making money. The husband should be providing and everything. But at this point, I'm not even mad at my parents anymore because it's like, it's been five years already. It's like, you're my husband. We're supposed to be partners. Another thing we argue about is I grew up in the city. I see myself here. Like when I think about the future, it's I want to, God willing, buy an apartment here and have my kids grow up here. And Daniel keeps telling me, let's move to Florida and this and that. Like it's cheaper. I'm like, it's not cheaper. Like you have two cars, you have this, you have that and that. And to what expense? I won't be happy. Like I just know myself. And he tells me, like, but you never gave it a chance. It's just that I'm very aware of what I like and what I don't like. You know, like, I love in the city. I go down, I get my coffee. I can do things. Like, I like walking. Like, I'm, I'm just, like, always out. Like, I'm always doing something. I don't like going in a car and putting my kids in a car. It's like a slut for me. Did you notice all the stories they both tell themselves about their lives? Nathaniel didn't envision marriage like this. In fact, his friends think he married into money. That's a story. Jessica doesn't envision herself ever living in Florida. That's a story. You know, most of us have a vision of what our life is going to be like. We have a story about what our spouse is going to look like, what job we're going to have, where we're going to live. And I found that it's really, really hard to accept that your life might not turn out the way you envisioned it. After a while, it's not just a dream. It actually becomes part of your identity. And this is one reason you see people making decisions that might seem bewildering to you, like a couple who hangs on to living in a place that they clearly can't afford. Now to you, the outsider, it's so obvious. Just move. But if your entire vision of your life has been to live in a certain city, even a certain neighborhood, it can become really, really hard to accept that that might not be reality for you. This is another thing that Jess likes the, the good life. And I, I told her, if you want me to provide, we got a downgrade. I can't afford an apartment like this. And Rome wasn't built overnight. My business 
is gonna I'm gonna make it, but it's gonna take a little bit of time. And and I I did provide for a while in terms of rent. I I I I, I buy a lot of things. I I for food, uh, diaper, whatever for essentials. But and even rent, I did for for a while. I was paying rent, but I can't keep providing a, a lifestyle that we can't afford. And that's one thing that bothered me, that she wants to live in New York City, the most expensive city, when we can't afford it. So I told her, You're, you have no choice to help out. Your parents have to help out for now. I know what hard work is, and I don't mind hard work. Yes, I do have high expectations because I want him to be the best version he can be. I want to also be the best version I can be. But at the same time, I expect the basics, food on the table, schools for my kids, a roof overhead, you know, like those things I don't want to have stress over. Yeah, I didn't. I, I, I keep telling her that I didn't move to New York to be a taxi because sometimes I was told, that be a taxi if you have to, do whatever it takes, work in a bakery after work, go to another job and do your night job and do whatever it takes to provide for the family. But I work hard. I know I work hard, but I, I just don't feel I have a limit to what I'm going to do. Uh, pe- people think in Montreal, where I came from, they think I, I married into big money and now I have it good. I'm set up for life. But it, it's really not like that at all. The point is, there's no shame in doing whatever you have to do for your family. That was his point, but like it was taken to the next level. How long ago did that conversation happen, Nathaniel? This was a year after we got married. Jessica, he remembers that conversation very vividly. Why did he bring up a conversation very emotionally charged Four years later. I think he's just upset with the way my family has comments or they try to say things to help him. And it just gets translated in the wrong way. And I think he has a lot of resentment towards my family in the sense of, well, why don't they help us? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they help us. But Like I said, every little help, it's a punch here, a punch there, and it's rubbed in my face. You come to our house, we give you the best food, you drink our best wine, we take care of you, we do everything for you. You know, we're going to get to the family. We appreciate it, but but I want to see my kids, my my grandchildren. I would I would take them with me everywhere. We're going away for the holidays. We're driving to Miami. I would never let my daughter drive to Miami, but but it's fine. I'll do whatever it takes uh, to make sure we go away for the holidays. You know, Nathaniel goes off on rants like this a lot, and he's spinning. He's getting madder and madder, and after a while, he doesn't even remember what the original question was. Now imagine communicating like this with your partner, but 10 times worse because you don't have somebody like me there as a third party and doing it for years and years and years. You know, after a while, it's almost impossible to communicate with each other when you're speaking to the ghosts of your relationship. Every one of us knows somebody like this. It might be parents or relatives, people who sit down and just bicker with each other over and over again. You know, you might tell yourself, oh, that's how they express themselves, that's how they show love. I don't believe it. I think if you ever ask any of these people, do you want to keep bickering with each other like this? They will instantly tell you, no, but it's her fault. It's his fault. They'll go right back into it. They don't want to do it, but they don't know how to stop. If you ever follow me on Instagram, sometimes you'll see me post about my behind the scenes travel experiences, coffee tours, salsa making classes in Mexico, all kinds of culinary stuff in India. And I'll get a lot of people saying, where do I find that Kyoto notepad maker that you found? And one place you can find that is Viator. In fact, my wife and I used Viator to book a Segway tour where we took a tour of a new city and we had an amazing experience, something we never would have thought of doing on our own. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. And with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, 
there's something for everybody. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real travel reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best travel activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. A few years ago, I was at a tea tasting in New York with one of my buddies. I thought it was going to be a normal tea tasting. Suddenly, six people from Japan come in. They pour basically three thimblefuls of tea and we taste it. I've never tasted anything like that. And they tell us, if we were to buy that, just the three thimblefuls, it would be $75. Now, drop for drop, that's the most expensive thing I've ever had to drink. Not all of us have the time or the money to buy that specific tea from that specific mountainside in Japan. But what if you could capture that feeling of the care and the love, even the way that they served it to us? What if you could bring that to your home every morning? Well, I want to introduce you to one of our newest sponsors, Peak Tea. What makes Peak Tea special is that the tea is cold extracted using only wild harvested leaves from 250-year-old tea leaves. That makes the tea rich in minerals, and other beneficial compounds. Now, the greatest part is that peak tea is zero prep. There's no tea bag that you have to steep for the perfect amount of time. Peak dissolves in cold or hot water in seconds. It's already pre-measured, it's perfectly brewed, and it's perfect to take if you travel. My team's been trying peak tea, and they especially love the Pu'er green teas. For a limited time, get up to 15% off and a free quiver with 12 tea samples with my link, peaklife.com slash Ramit. That's P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T. I just want to be able to breathe. It's like, it's a lot on me. It's a lot of pressure from everyone. I'm lying to my family and like, I'm trying to support it's like we have two kids. I'm, I'm a husband. I have a dog. I'm doing everything to like just stay afloat. Like I just want to be able to eat. Like I just want like every month just to be able to pay the rent, to pay the food, to pay the the schools. Sorry. Every day I step out of my apartment costs me a hundred dollars. Let's finish because Jessica, we were going to start with Nathaniel, but. I'm hearing you. You have a lot to say. I want to hear it. Jessica, what would be the ideal outcome from this call? To, like, for us to find a way to make more money, to be stable, to just to pay for basics. And then we can go to, like, other applications, whatever. At this point, I don't even care about that right now. Like, it's, I'm scared to look at my bank account because it's, like, it's diminishing every day. And, I don't think Nathaniel realizes. He thinks like I'm using my parents' money. No, it's my money. I saved it. I worked hard for it. I have a home decor company. Like I'm doing all this by myself, and it's somehow I feel like he doesn't realize. Like I buy the meat, I buy the fish, I buy the groceries. Like I go, I order Costco, the diapers, the wipes, the this, the that. Like I take uh, my daughter out. I go and buy her food, buy them clothes. I it's, I pay the rent. Like it's just so lonely and. I don't think he realizes to what extent I'm literally like, I'm drained in every aspect, physically and mentally. And it's, I'm tired. It's like I have anxiety. I'm not healthy because of this. It sounds like you've taken on a lot. Yeah. And I never thought I would, I honestly never thought I was too strong because like I said, I had a nice upbringing. Like I never thought in this situation. Like, I never thought I would have to hustle this much kids. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, if you could have anything from this call, it sounds like you would want Nathaniel to understand the burden that you've taken on, and it sounds like you would want to know that at the end of the month, you can pay for the basics, food, rent, your kids. Yeah, like I want him to share this burden with me. It's not all me. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, great. Nathaniel, if you could get anything out of this call, what would it be? I, I don't want you to think that I don't spend any money because I, my credit card bill is I just asked Nathaniel what he wants to get out of this call. And his response was an immediate defense about how he spends money. You both have a tendency to go into your automatic responses. Have you noticed that? Both of you do it. It's a very simple question. What do you want to get out of this call? Suddenly we're talking about the family history and this and that and what coffee I like. You will never get to a solution while you are stuck talking about your problems. People with problems love to talk about their problems. (laughs) You both love it. Most couples spend four to five minutes giving me background, and then I ask lots of questions. You two spent 22 minutes talking. I hardly spoke at all. And if I hadn't stepped in, you would have spoken for the next three hours. And do you know where you would have gotten? Nowhere. I have to defend myself. When I hear things that I I don't agree with, I have to defend myself. If I hear something I don't agree with, I always, I I have a big mouth when it comes to this. And does that work for you? No. No. (laughs) I want to know where you want to go. So Nathaniel, tell me, what do you want to get out of this call? I I, I would love to get some counseling on my business, on how to be independent. Tell me more. What does that mean? I, I want to be able to provide for my family without anyone you know, being there to tell us what to do. And I don't want to count on anyone. I want to be the own boss and provider of my family. Not boss, but I want to be a, a role model and I want to be someone my family could look up to. Very good. I'm proud of. Excellent. If you could help me and... Give me some pointers and and help me how to align myself properly so I can have clarity in my business. That would be huge. Your problem is not with your business. Your business has nothing to do with this. So we're going to talk, but it's not a business problem that's going on here. There's something much bigger here. I'm the problem? No, no, I'm not saying that. I don't know. We're going to get there, but... First of all, I'm not here to point fingers. I'm here to help you both because I want you to be successful. I don't think that me giving you a few tips on your business is really going to change anything. I could fly to New York tomorrow and work with you directly on the business. That's not really going to make these problems go away. I strongly believe that if I'm successful in my business, most of our problems will be solved. It's a constant money issue. It's all about money here. Nathaniel doesn't believe me. And this is really common. When there's a problem in a relationship, it is tempting. It's easy to fixate on the details. You know, if she would stop spending on eating out, we would be just fine. Or I told him that we need to spend time with our family for Christmas. Truthfully, that's almost never the real problem. It's just a symptom of the deeper, deeper issue. Most of us never even see the real problem, much less discuss it, which is why it feels so frustrating to go over the same fight again and again and again. Nathaniel thinks he needs business advice. Jessica initially wanted him to contribute 100 bucks a month to their joint finances. Both of them really believe that that's what they need, that it will help them. But you know what? It won't. What about before COVID? How were you both doing financially? We were, we got married, so we had a little money to. We had a beautiful, lavish wedding. Sometimes I think maybe we should have done something smaller, and then we would have put money aside. And but we had a beautiful wedding. And we, it's very, it's just not, I'm sorry, repeat your question. (laughs) You mentioned that you used to make 100K if it weren't for COVID. So how were you doing before COVID? We still had problems because New York City is, it's an expensive city. Are you guys seeing that making an extra 50K is not going to change your life? 
You both came to this call believing if you if your rent goes down a little bit, all your problems will be solved. Or if you make an extra 50K, all your problems will be solved. But you've already done that and you still had the same problems. Are, are you starting to see that the number on the spreadsheet is not really the problem? Because if you made 250K tomorrow, you would still have the same problems. I don't think so. We would have some issues, but I, I think this is the root of all the pro- of most of the problems. I really do. How come? You used to make double the money. You still had problems. Why? Because rent, five times 12, we're already almost at 100,000. And then that's without a car. Then we need a car, travel, the kids, $20,000 $20, for pre-K. At one point, I told Jess, we're not having kids. We can't have kids. How are we going to provide? And her parents said, don't worry. It's all good. Just have belief. Money is ridiculous in New York City. It's out of control. Okay. I don't think, I don't think it's in New York City. But okay. For what we're paying rent here, we could have a castle in Montreal. I just think even in the suburbs, like things add up. My aunt lives in the suburbs and she pays the same amount we're paying here. You need two she cars, a, to but gas, she has a castle. This, she has a big house. The garden. The pool. Anywhere outside of New York City would be uh, 50% less. Easy. Okay. Well, <laughs> I think they've just proven my point. You know, one of my philosophies is take the win. I'm going to take the win for myself and give myself a big pat on the back. They love having their same pre-prepared arguments. That's not a response to my questions. It's a psychological tick. So I think I need to change my approach here. I need to help them discover why they keep going back to the same automatic responses. I need for them to really internalize this for themselves. I get tons of email every single day, and I want to give you a behind-the-scenes look at how I manage emails from my team, from my family, and from you. I use a piece of software called Superhuman, and this is an email software that I actually pay for out of my own pocket. It works with your existing email service like Gmail or Outlook, and let me share how it saves me over 10 hours a week. So here are a few things I love about it. First off, it splits my inbox into different streams, so my important emails come into one place. It's not cluttered with a bunch of subscriptions everywhere. Next, I use keyboard shortcuts Unlike you barbarians who literally click and peck through every single email, U to mark it unread, S to star it, J or K to cycle through messages. I use keystrokes to schedule messages, like when I want to ask one of my coworkers a question, but I don't want to send them an email on a Saturday. Now, I can work through dozens of emails in minutes using this. And Superhuman just introduced an AI feature, which allows you to take a huge email with all these people chiming in and automatically summarize what's going on in a few bullet points. It'll even draft emails for you. So if you want to buy back your time, Superhuman is a no-brainer to me. It's something I spend my own money on and I love it. Right now, all IWT listeners will get a free month of Superhuman. You can get started at superhuman.com slash Ramit. That's superhuman.com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T. I have a friend of mine who's always cold. She told me she and her partner have totally different temperatures when they sleep. She goes to bed in a flannel pajama. She's got extra blankets. Her partner's running hot. So now she recently started testing the pod cover from 8sleep, one of our sponsors. Before she goes to sleep, she gets on the app, cranks up the heat, and when she gets into bed at night, it's already warm and waiting for her. The pod cover by 8sleep fits on your bed like a fitted sheet. And it collects information. It has sensors. The pod then uses that information to understand what you need to get better sleep. You can set it to heat up or cool down before you get into bed. It also adjusts while you sleep. And you can set it to change temperatures to gently wake you up in the morning. Best part, there are two zones. So if you run hot and your partner runs cold, you can each set your side of the bed to exactly how you want it. Improve the way you sleep by using my link at 8sleep.com slash Ramit for $200 off plus free shipping on their high-tech Pod 3 cover. That's 8sleep.com slash Ramit, E-I-G-H-T, sleep.com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T, for a better, smarter sleep.
You two seem to like going over your same arguments over and over. What does it get you? That's my question for you. Yeah, Venice. Like, like it's pent up. So the second the door is open, then it just comes flooding out. It's just a buildup of everything. Life of, of sometimes like I just explode. And like I said, I'm I'm not really telling my family about all this. So the second life, there's like a switch. I just I like it, it's almost like venting. It's like I want to say like all these things that are bothering me. Mm-hmm. It just makes me feel a bit better that I got it out. <laughs> it, it makes you feel better. That's what it yeah. gets you. It, uh, bottom line, it gets us absolutely nowhere. I get that. Obviously, it gets you nowhere. I get that. But what does it get you emotionally? See anger out of me. Yeah. And where do you redirect that anger? To my family. Yeah. See why this is not about business tips. We still got more to go, but it took us an hour to get to this realization that you don't actually need a business tip because that's not going to do anything. And you actually don't need 50 grand more a year because that's not going to do anything. The real problem is the way you two are communicating. And if you can't fix that, you could have somebody write you a $1 million check tomorrow. It'll last you a couple of years and then it will be gone. And all that will be left will be finger pointing. So we'll talk about some of the numbers here. But ultimately, you have some very tough decisions to make. Those decisions are not going to be found on a spreadsheet. And there's no secret trick, no secret business thing to fix. There's only the two of you. How does that sound to both of you? Good. Excellent. Okay, great. I feel that we're getting somewhere very positive. And that, to me, feels really good. Watching the two of you, even your body language has changed in the last... 60 seconds. So we're starting to, all of us, open our eyes. Let's see what their options actually are. I think it's time to talk numbers. How much do I need to make to live in New York without problems? 200000 a year? Okay, let me just make sure I have these numbers correct. Understanding that it's been an unusual year, but ballpark, making about 60 to 70 k a year. The breakdown of that seems to be approximately 20K coming in from Jessica, 50K coming in from Nathaniel. Jessica, you have about $10,000 of savings, which you mentioned is dwindling, and your rent is approximately $2,000 a month. Would yeah. that, is that fairly accurate? Yeah. No, the rent is a big problem. The rent is a big problem. Like I said, I, I paid the rent, partial rent for many years. And I told Jessica, look, I'm not going to get myself into debt. When you want to live in the city, it's super expensive. It's, it's just, I, I'm new. I had perfect credit in Canada. Okay. Hearing these numbers, how do you think you are doing financially? Not good at all. Our rent shouldn't be more than 30% of our salary. Okay. Okay. How do you feel you're doing, Nathaniel, hearing these numbers? Not where I want to be at all. Okay. Okay. So both of you are aligned there. Even if it's that you're both not doing well, at least you're on the same page there. That is great. Hey, listen, sometimes I talk to people and one of them says, we're doing great. The other one says, we're about to go bankrupt. That's a real problem because they're not even on the same page. At least you're both aligned. Now, I agree with you that from looking just at these numbers, what am I going to say about that? Rent is too high. Yeah, rent is too high. Rent is slaughtering us. We live in a two-bedroom apartment. Yes, the rent is quote-unquote expensive for us, but... Upper East is expensive. My family's in real estate, so I see value in things like, okay, it's location. My daughter's school is two blocks from here. My family's two blocks from here. There's like a temple right near us. Sometimes there are some simple financial truths. For Jessica and Nathaniel, the truth is they can't afford to keep living here. 
But as I share this with them, notice their reaction. Try to imagine that I barged into this conversation and told them the same thing in the first three minutes of talking to them. How do you think they would have reacted? Here, I spent a lot of time digging into the underlying issues, asking tons of questions before going into the numbers. And this is the opposite of our instinct, especially if we know the truth, especially if we're good at numbers. We overvalue math and we undervalue psychology. Here, listen to their reactions. I'm going to be very candid about these numbers and then we're going to talk about what options you have going forward. You don't make enough to live where you live. So that's just the bottom line. One of the problems with living above your means is that you spend so much time underwater just trying to stay alive trying to pay this bill first and that bill that you can never actually look forward. When was the last time the two of you talked about what do we want to do five years from now? What kind of beautiful vacation do we want to take? Jessica, when was the last time you talked about that? Never. (laughs) Exactly. How could you? Because you're so busy trying to stay afloat that you never get the chance to look ahead. And you're both so young. Your kids are so young. But you have chosen a life where you have sentenced yourself to struggling. And so to get out of this situation is going to be a little difficult. Look, I don't want to go back to the whole money thing, but it's right now, like I'm currently paying for all of this boat and both afford it if Nathaniel helps me with some of the things we need we need to pay for. That's how I see it. Mm-hmm. Okay. If Nathaniel helped you, how much would that be? I don't. I would ask him to help me with half of the things that I'm doing right now, like half a friend, uh, half a food, or for school or whatever. It's just. I think we can meet in the middle. Like, I don't mind contributing. It's just a lot for me to do everything. Nathaniel could write his entire paycheck to your household and you would not have enough to get by. That's the truth. That's the simple truth. There's certainly a discussion to be had about how you both contribute and what proportion, but Nathaniel could write 100% of what he earns into the household and you would not have enough to survive. Um, it scares me a little bit. I don't know. It's a lot to take in. It's, I just don't see myself living anywhere else in the city. I just, like... Let's pause. Notice, notice what your mind will do. Your mind will start spinning on all the things you don't want. Because change is hard, so you have options. I'm going to start with you, Jessica. You tell me two of your options. You don't have to go with any of these. We're just going to put everything on the table. No matter how crazy, how unlikable these options are, how cool these options are, we're just going to put them on the table. No judgment. Let's start with you, Jessica. Give me two options for what you could do. Two options for what I can do is lower my standards, not expect to live on the Upper East Side, to put my daughter in school on the Upper East Side. So my option would be to lower my standards and move somewhere more reasonable. Is there anything else? Move. That you already said that? Be patient. I keep telling Jessica, be a little more patient. We're almost there. Well, you guys are close to losing. You don't have any money. You can't, even if you had, Right. you you can't even make it one year on what you. I I have one option is to sell my gold watch. There you go. That's an option. I don't think that's the right option, but that's an option. (laughs) Very good. What else? 
maybe you should consider finding a, a job, a better job. I like what I'm doing, so I'm not going to change. I put a lot of money in production right now for my platters, so I'm definitely not backing out right now. It's hard to give up and say, no, let's work on this together. Like, I think we both just want to be right. Wow. Now we're starting to get somewhere. We both want to be right. And so when I start going into my automatic answer, rehashing the thing that I've told 25 times about, I'm not moving and we could live in a castle. What do I feel? I feel right. One was to find a way of lowering the rent, whatever that means. And the second way is to increase your household income, however that might happen. I would say that the option of just continuing doing what you're doing is not an option. Do you know why? How long can you last in the current state you're in? At all. Oh, like a matter of months. And now I'm not telling you you have to move out tomorrow. That's not my job. That's your joint job to decide what to do. But I am telling you that no amount of saving $100 here or $300 there will allow you to afford this rent. Okay. And you cannot move forward in your life. You both are so young. Your kids are at such a beautiful young age. It will be very hard for you to look forward in life, to think about camp for your kids, vacation, any of that. If you are intentionally putting yourself in a position where you can't even get above water every month. Okay. So those are the two main levers in your life. Earn more. And I believe you both can, but you're going to have to probably do things differently than you've been doing. You might decide in a couple of years, you know what, it's really important for us to move back to Manhattan. Let's calculate the numbers. We're a little bit more confident now. You're not closing the door on any part of life. You're so young, but you have to be willing to make a change in order to be able to live sustainably. I think you're 100%, but it's a lot to digest. I, I would love to make more money. I, I can't argue with anything you're saying. I think I would look at it not as lowering my standards. I would change the entire narrative. A new chapter, a positive chapter, a, pos a new start, uh, optimistic start. Wow. Something that sounds, excited. That sounds a lot better to me than lowering your standards. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited. <laughs> Let me remind you this isn't the end of living in Manhattan forever. It's not the case at all. But in order to be able to live there worry-free and to live the kind of lifestyle you want, you're going to need to give yourself the space to earn more. Jessica and Nathaniel are talking about a huge life change. Moving your family to a completely new place that's a lot to process. And especially for Jessica, it's a complete and sudden change from the life that she envisioned. So what I wanna do is I wanna pause here. I wanna check in. I wanna make sure she's taking this okay. In your own money conversations, use this technique. Pause, lots of check-ins, and remember, go slow in order to go fast. I like companies that find innovative ways to save money and then they pass those savings along to you. Take Mint Mobile, one of our sponsors. Unlike other wireless companies, they decided to ditch retail stores and all those overhead costs, and they passed those savings along to you. For a limited time, they're passing on even more savings with a new customer offer that cuts all Mint Mobile plans to $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. I had one of my coworkers test out Mint Mobile. She said the service was identical to her existing Verizon account. So if the service is the same, switching to premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month is a no-brainer. Now you'll notice on this show, I recommend to couples ways to cut their fixed costs. If you can dramatically cut your fixed costs on, say, wireless, 
That is one way that you can take that money, pay off debt faster, spend it on guilt-free spending, or invest it aggressively. Go to mintmobile.com slash Ramit. That's mintmobile.com slash Ramit. Cut your wireless bill to $15 a month at mintmobile.com slash Ramit. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Okay, I love coffee, and I want to tell you about the system I set up so that I can get all kinds of new coffee regularly. I know there's a few brands of coffee that I love, so I set up a document, and in that document, I track the types of coffee I love. Verve, uh, Joe Coffee in New York, and there's a few other brands that I love with the specific roast. But then, every single month, I'm hunting, looking for new types of coffee. And so what I'll do is I'll ship myself a couple of new bags of different roasts, different types of coffee from different regions, and then I take a little notation card, I write down what works and what doesn't. Now, if you think I'm a psycho, what am I gonna say? This is my rich life. But I'm sharing this because a lot of us love coffee, and a lot of us want to know where to discover new coffee. That's why I am thrilled to introduce you to today's sponsor, Trade Coffee, which is a subscription service that makes it very simple to discover new coffees and to make great coffee at home. Trade partners with top-rated independent roasters so you can get their best quality coffee sent right to your home. It's all hand-picked by their coffee experts. And maybe you already know what you like. Like for me, I like Verve Coffee. It's one of my favorite brands. It's on Trade's platform. Or maybe you're not sure and you want to experiment. Either way, Trade makes it easy and convenient to discover new coffees and they will send them to your home on your preferred schedule. So upgrade your morning routine with better coffee. Right now, Trade is offering our audience a free bag of coffee with any subscription at drinktrade.com slash Ramit. That's drinktrade, T-R-A-D-E dot com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T, for a free bag of coffee with any subscription purchase. Again, drinktrade.com slash Ramit. I'm afraid of change and I'm so close to like my mom. Like I see her almost every day and like I walk over my siblings. It's just, I've never lived far from them. Like I've never lived like more than two blocks away from them. So it's definitely a hard change. Nathaniel, pick up this conversation. You must have questions for Jessica on how she's feeling right now. Ask her. Turn around and look at her and ask her. How are you feeling, honey? I know it's hard. We, have to, we can work it out together. We could, we could give it a chance. We could make things work out. We had two beautiful kids. Ask her. Don't tell her. Ask her more. Don't tell her. What do you want to know? Your mom's always going to be here. She could come see you Nathaniel, see all the time. Look at her face. She doesn't want to hear you telling her. You lapse into telling. I want you to stay with asking her. She just told us five very important things. If you're not happy, we're, we'll always come back. We could always come back. We Stop. Always Stop. Why are you telling her? I just told you we are not in the telling mode. She just told you a bombshell. Let her talk. What do you want to ask her? I'm afraid we'll never be able to come back. Ask her a question. Why do you think that? Because I think that you'll be happy in the suburbs. The kids will be happier somewhere else. And then, and then you're going to tell me yourself that you want to move back. But, but if your kids are ha- happy, but is a very good way to get your partner defensive. You're on. You're doing a great job, Nathan. You said, why do you feel that? She told you something else. Keep going, play it out. I need this in my home. I feel home here. Like, I, I understand. You're right. Yes, I, don't I, know what more. I, I don't know. I, I know, I know this, this is good. I know, I, I just need a little more training wheels. Great. Because Thank this is the asking. best. Thank you for asking. I I love that you asked. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. I'm so glad you asked. The two of you, you're so close to having these beautiful conversations. 
You just don't yet have the tools, which is okay. The tools are easy. It's the intent that's not easy. And you both have it. I, I do find that's where we have the majority of our fights because it tells me, well, my way is the right way. And then automatically I go into defense mode. So I definitely need him to articulate his words better and actually listening to what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to work things out and, and I'm definitely going to try to be more patient and instead of jumping to conclusions or just getting defensive. I'm not good with words. Uh, it's okay. You're fluent in English. You're very good with words. You may need to build the skills of communicating more effectively, but I totally trust you. You've done that on this call. I've watched you do it in front of my eyes. So yeah, you're both going to need a little patience for each other. I, I learned more about Jessica now. I, I, there's things, things that I discovered that could only help. I, I, I didn't realize when Jessica would tell me, I'm scared to go and never come back. In my mind, I'm like, yeah, but don't worry. We're going to get there and you're going to love it. And you're, who cares? You're just, if you're not happy, don't worry. But that, that's not the way to do things. And, and okay, honey, if you're not happy, we'll, we'll figure a way to come back. That's fine. That, that just, that could go a long way. And yes, yes. What a beautiful thing to say that you've been married five years and just in this conversation, you've learned something new about your wife. I, I find that to be absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And it's diplomacy goes a long way and it's something that I lack and I need polishing in. If you've been enjoying these podcasts, I want to invite you to check out my book, I Will Teach You To Be Rich, which is in every bookstore and library you can possibly imagine. I also want to invite you to join my newsletter at IWT.com. And I send out all kinds of material on money, business, careers, and psychology, especially things that I never share with the public. Thanks for listening. Here's what you'll find next week on the I Will Teach You To Be Rich podcast. My ideal scenario is where we can dictate what generosity looks like towards both of our parents, our siblings, and any other people or charities in our life. I think that's, for me, the the biggest thing I value is just financial freedom. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't come with generosity or caring for family. That's a value that we both deeply share. It's just having the optionality and not having the generosity come from expectations.